I'm Anna Parker. And I'm Miriam Chancellor. Welcome to Big Mistake, the podcast that unpacks the failures and mistakes of top professionals. So, to make us, and hopefully you, feel better about the mistakes we all make in our careers and lives, we'll be talking with high performers to understand the behind the scenes and less glamorous moments of the business world. Look at us technical pros. Such pros. Especially, I say us, I'm adding myself to that, you don't know figuring out. <laughs> Um, hello, but as you said, you messaged me and you're like, I feel like I don't miss you when I'm editing all these podcasts listening. because you just, I've got, you've got my voice in, in your head. Exactly. Um, listening to hours and hours of your voice as I edit. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like that? It's horribly grey outside. Uh, so you, to your point from Shona Grundy's podcast interview where it only was sunny for seven days of a whole year when you tracked it. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> um, was there anything you wanted to... The good old British summer. And I, and I, the good old British summer. And I've actually just been watching the Open, so the Golf Open, which has been held in Liverpool, and it's been the same. So it's been raining over there as well. And we've been watching everyone rugged up, 14 degrees, and it's summer in England. Oh, no, it's summer. Yeah, it's, and it's been raining yeah. Well, like, how, firstly, how have things been going in New Zealand? What's been the hats? What's news? What have I missed? <laughs> well, same old. Everything, yeah, honestly, everything is same old, same old. Um, probably my biggest thing has been the On Par Society, so the golf group that I founded. So we have our big oh, event yeah. this Wednesday, and we oh. doubled the numbers, and it's almost sold out so double the numbers again so we've taken over the whole floor so before at Rimuera we only had half the floor so at the virtual range and now we've doubled it and we've got the whole thing so that's 50 so that's 50 people so that's 50 people 50 tickets and we've got only three left so we'll be sold out by Wednesday wow so cool yeah that's so cool gosh it shows that when you don't have to force something like that it shows that there is such a need definitely like if Most people jumped at the chance, but I was talking to a friend and he was, and I was telling him about on par and I said, are you going to come? Cause he plays golf. And he said, Anna, yeah. I don't, I don't need to meet people. Cause it's the whole point is it's a meet new girlfriends, network, business, all of this. And he said, Anna, I don't need to meet new people. I'm good. And I said to him, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's not quite about that. It's about supporting me, your friend. And he, <laughs> and he said, Oh. Maybe you should have framed the invitation with that first. Like, I know. I know. It, was like, well, it was like you and I having a conversation the other day where I was like, hey, Anna, I'm running this workshop. Do you want to come? And you're like, well, like, um, I don't know. It's I've got something planned. I, uh, uh, you know, but if you need me yes. there, and I'm like, I don't need you there, <laughs> but I'm just wondering if you want to come. <laughs> just if you want to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, by the by the way, he did he did buy a ticket when I said it's about supporting me. He was like, "Yep, done, no problem." Well, he couldn't exactly not. (laughs) So I think I'd start with uh, a a big mistake from the travel, uh, which if I just paint your picture. So by this stage, we had done a few days in 
Athens and we were traveling to Italy to basically do what was a what was a road trip. Um, and Daniel's been a, probably the main planner for this holiday, which has been great because he's so good at taking in lots of information and ba- making really good decisions based off that information. So overall, the itinerary was fantastic and it's been it has been a great holiday but we get into the airport at Milan and we now have to travel to go and pick up our our car and what we didn't realize well actually first of all on the instructions from this car rental place it says that you have to travel to a certain location outside of the airport area to pick up the car and we travel there and quickly realize that this is a really budget car rental place because they have literally sent us to the wrong location. Their offices used to be there, but they have since moved. So by this stage, we've spent 50 euro on a taxi, just getting to the wrong location and coming back again to the right location. Right. So already I'm like in a bit of a state of just being a bit not thrilled with the situation. And, and yes, I did try and, get them to to take that amount off our car which they were not willing to do but anyway finally after we get to the front hang on hang on pause pause someone said no to you you couldn't you you can't negotiate with italian people well in the end we ended up putting a massive scratch in the car so i was kind of willing to let that slide afterwards (laughs) i was like i'll call it even um a a massive scratch on purpose or on accident (laughs) <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't actually. Which is actually another thing. The Italian roads just crazy. So so we get to the front of the queue and the guy behind the desk says, Okay, hand me, you know, your license and your, your credit card and show me your booking confirmation. And so I hand all that over, but when he says credit card, I just hand over the card we have, which is a, a debit card. Now there is nothing like from from my understanding, because we looked at this up afterwards there is nothing legally binding about a credit card like it in theory it didn't have to be a credit card we have all the funds that we could possibly need on our travel debit card but he was insisting on a credit card and he said no i can't give you the card without a, a credit card and i'm like this is the money this is all you this is all you yeah. need but he was being absolutely adamant not only that, when I handed over my license, he was like, this is a New Zealand license. I'm like, well, yeah. And he's like, you need an international driver's license to get the car. And at no point during the research for all the travel and, and the planning did, did Daniel come across anything that said you must have an international driver's license. So here I was, like, standing here thinking, oh, my goodness, our entire Italian part of our holiday has been built around having this car and being able to do this road trip. And so I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is, is, I don't know what we're going to do. Was this a budget Um, rental that you'd gone to? Or was it, so had you tried to be cheap? No, so, so, yeah, no, I don't think we had realised at that point that it was budget. (laughs) Daniel just would have gone with, like, cost effective fair enough hashtag cheap get what what you pay for no because he it was i don't i don't think he thought that at the time like this was a particularly 
nights. Like, okay. oh, and then there's this other piece. Oh, anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm getting sidetracked here. But, but, but basically, he said, and then he, I said, look, you, come on, here's our debit card. This is fine. What, what can you do for us? We need this car. Yeah. We're not basically living here without the car. And he said, well, what you can do. And I was like, already as he was saying that, I'm like, this feels just suspect that there is this loophole that he's now letting us um, into, was he's like, if you sign up to our premium oh, car insurance, no. you will be covered. You you can have the car and we'll just turn a blind eye to the the uh, international driver's license. If you get pulled over, that's your, your issue. And so we literally had no choice. So we just had to Because you know that your car rental is covered under your travel insurance. Did you know that? Yeah. The so, excess. Because so everyone gets... It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. He, he just... It was like... Gotcha. This, yeah. Right. So, so this was the thing. And we later read all the reviews, finally read the reviews of this place, and everyone was saying the same thing. So this is basically their scam, that oh, they okay. put these artificial constraints in place that actually... It just they don't mean anything. Maybe the international driver's license, whatever. But at this stage, I was so keen to get the car, and the fact that he was turning a blind eye to the driver's license, I thought we've just got to do this because, yeah. Anyway, so we ended up paying like I don't know what it was, like eight hundred euros for this travel insurance. Jesus. Yeah, but we didn't like we literally didn't have a choice. So anyway, I think the lesson, the big mistake there was. Was <gasps> not having done enough due diligence on this car rental place and assuming that people are just good, good-willed and they they want to do a good job. I mean, yeah. So it, that was a bit of a bit of a damper on the, the oh, thing. But no. this is like this is what we talk about. Like this is what this is what money is kind of for. It's to yeah, keep you out yeah, of yeah. sticky situations. It's yeah. So we were. It's the sunk cost, right? So we're like, right, we just have to pay this and we can choose our attitude about it. So so we did and, and that was that. So that was that was a big mistake. But then we had this car and, and it was great. Um, Driving on the other side of the road. Oh, yeah. I mean, they go they go 130 kilometres on their motorways. It's, it's just insane. Uh, and there was this one incident where, and this was actually surprisingly, this was not how the strap the scratch came onto the car. But we've been in, where had we been? I think we were in Florence at this point. Uh, and we'd driven down, and people who've been in Italy know that the, the roads are really, really narrow. But we'd travelled down this tight, winding and winding road that was that seemingly getting tighter and tighter the further down we went. And we got to this point where this guy on a scooter in front of us was like, stop have to reverse up the hill you're not going to get through this corner you're absolutely not going to get through this corner um but the alternative was reversing up a tight steep hill for about a kilometer and we didn't really have a choice so we just absolutely took it slowly around this corner and it was this it was it was it was like a it was like a farce where i got out of the car and was directing Daniel and we had this entire oh. catch of spectators this trying to maneuver and literally we're talking about millimeters on each side of the car to get through this corner but we we did it and it was just very stressful you anyway, know that, that's getting off topic now but that was that was 
uh, the big mistake was that car rental place. So just, yeah, look into Google reviews before booking anything. And usually we're pretty good with stuff like that when it comes to accommodation and restaurants and stuff. But trust the reviews. Um, so that was, that but, was tricky. Um, so with the car scratch, though, did you not get charged for that? Well, that was the funny thing. So when we went to drop off the car, I was prepared to have yes. that conversation <laughs> and thinking like, but I'm like, hopefully, because we've got the the most premium travel insurance, maybe the excess won't be too much. But and we're talking like we're talking about quite a scratch, right. like not just one scratch, like a series of oh, scratches right. all the way down, <laughs> trying to get into a garage. Okay. Uh, but they just said to us, they were like, "Oh yeah, cool, the car. Okay, you guys are free to go." So I was like, "Well, considering the <laughs> this is how I justified it. I was like, considering the bad service we've had." I don't know, so I just I just didn't mention it. And then, but the thing is, they know we were the last ones to hire it. So when they find the car, they could get in touch and see yeah. that, that it was us. So because what normally awesome. happens is they have your they have your credit card details and then they just charge yeah. your credit card. Ah, because we didn't have a credit card. <laughs> anyway, they can contact us if they want to, but honestly, it's just it's just a mess. I don't know. It, the whole company is just shambles and yeah as i said really bad reviews but okay here's here's our social situation for you to comment on um this was taking place in paris so we arrived in paris on bastille day which anna what are you doing? yeah perfect distracted. i am distracted i love that i'm here i am talking and you are messaging someone on your phone no. what is possibly more important <sighs> than me right now who are you talking to just michael about putting Rose to bed questions and just parenting okay. stuff about like, do you need, where's, do you where, where's this? That? Where's that? No, no. I've decided, I just said, I just said, she'll eventually, I just said, she'll eventually go to sleep. You've got this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the yeah. Honestly, if you need a minute, nah. I can just no. continue telling no. us. Okay. We got it. This, this is a situation I want your input in. So, so we arrived in Paris on Bastille Day, which is quite exciting. And the plan for the day was to, the evening, was to set ourselves up in the park in front of the Eiffel Tower, which becomes like a public, it's like a event where the public can just come, bring a picnic, sit down, and enjoy the live concert, and eventually the fireworks go off at 11 p.m. Now, we've been told that it was going to be really crowded, I have experienced nothing like this in terms of the crowds. There was zero spare space on this area, which could fit, ten, like, there were tens of thousands of people occupying this park in front of, just, the name's escaping me, I can't remember what it's called, but in front of the Eiffel Tower. But prior to that, you had to line up. And again, speaking of, um, yeah, oh man it was just we were in the line for what was probably an hour which maybe isn't too bad but getting to the back of the line you were literally winding and winding through the suburbs to get to the back of this line to act to get into the park to then find a spot that wasn't there because there were already 10,000 people <laughs> ahead of you and that was us turning up early so what do they do what's so, what what is the point of this it's just like a it's like a nice thing to do in the city it's like a good vibe it's it's think of like Think of like Christmas in the park on steroids. Okay. 
Okay. Like, people bring their, some people bring their seats, they bring their blankets, they bring their picnics, they bring their kids. Very family friendly. There's a concert going on. There's fireworks. But, yeah, it was, in the end, like, it was way too crowded, crowded that we just left. It was just, it was actually unpleasantly crowded. It was, yeah, and that's saying something for a people person. So, so we joined the back of this line, which was probably about several hundred metres away from, like, it was, went all around several blocks. It was incredibly long. But, and we're slowly, slowly, slowly moving our way through. And the ethics of a, of a line is obviously that you join the back of the line. But there were queue cutters. Were there queue cutters? Yeah, queue cutters coming in towards the beginning of the line and getting away with it. And there was a guy behind me who I, like, loved him who was seeing this happen and going up to these people, shoulder-tapping them and being like, hey, just letting so you know, back of the line is that way and sending people off to go and join the line because they were just they were just jumping in and anyway we ended up having this couple do that just in front of us and they look they look like a really decent couple but nevertheless they had obviously cut the queue and I just the principle the principle of it that I had waited and all the people around me had waited an hour to get to the front of the queue to get in. And these people had just... No. Queue, like, we deserve the special treatment. Have you not, so have you not looked at a queue before and tried to find someone you know to go, oh, thanks for holding that. You know, I just went and got a park and... Sure. Yeah. If it's someone you genuinely know. But they have just... No, And I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to think about my uni days as well. I would always yeah. go up to uh, a guy or someone near the front of the queue and go, "Hey, Matt, thanks for holding my space. That's fantastic." You just pretended to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and they'd look at me. Yeah. <laughs> they'd look at me and be like, "Yep, yeah, great, sounds good." And then just say, "Yeah, great." Yeah, when an attractive blonde comes up to them and like, <laughs> they, of course they're gonna go along with it. Oh, wow, I'm surprised. As someone who's, like, quite strong on principles, that I, yeah, I find that, yeah, I'm not sure what I think about that, Anna. Anyway, so this couple comes in. And as I said, they look like a decent couple, but they come in right in front of us. And I'm, like, I'm also tired. I've been struggling that day. I'm feeling a bit, like, just not that thrilled. And I turn to Daniel, I'm like, who do they think they are? So, so I, like, wait about, like, this is so funny. Seconds before I build up the confidence, and then I say to them, "Hi, excuse me. Uh, we were we were in front of you." And then they go, "Oh, sorry." And then they, of course, they yeah they go behind yeah. us. Yes. Just one yeah. <laughs> and then I turn to them and I say, "Did you? I think you just kind of jumped in here. Did you cue?" And then and then of course because I'm. Because this is completely factual and absolutely, they turn bashful. And this is what I wanted. I wanted them to reflect on their decision making. So harsh. And, and be a bit guilt, feel a bit guilty about the fact. And then because then I was like, because I think the people behind you were in front of you. Don't you and just make up stories about the other person? So in my mind, I would be thinking, yeah, yeah. I bet they 
uh, took their cat to the vet and their cat had surgery and they had a horrible time and then they just waited and jumped and missed a load of buses and then they finally got here and they're, they're waiting to go see some friends in there who are only have an hour left at the festival and they've had such a horrible time getting here that I'm perfectly happy stood in this queue chatting to my friend and it makes no difference but actually would mean so much to them to be able to get in because of everything that's happened in their morning. So sure, had they had a story, okay. I may have been, you know, at the discretion of the letter in era, I may have uh, may have let them in, but they didn't. They knew as soon as I mentioned that. So look, I was actually being really nice. I just turned to them and said, I, I, I said, I believe you just cut the queue and all these people around you have waited in an hour to get to this point and you've just jumped in. That that's kind of sucks. Now on you about what you do with that, um, your decision, but yeah, that's a real shame. And then I just turned back and faced the line. You so, said on you, what do you do about that? Yeah, yeah. And they so said? I just wanted them, and, and they just said, and they just like, they were like looking away, they were avoiding eye contact, they were just like shrugging their shoulders. But I knew that they felt bad. There's no way. There's no yeah. way I would move the queue, from the queue being called out by you. No uh, way. Yeah. So if you called me out, I would just be like, oh, yeah, sorry. And then I'd, cut, then I'd have a oh, story. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of knew that they wouldn't move back after that. But I just wanted them to know that they had been caught. <laughs> so that next time, they just think twice about that. Because the humiliation of being caught doing something unethical, which is basically... Unethical? Oh, the yeah. drama. Yeah. I'm surprised as a British person, you don't feel stronger about these queuing ethics. Uh, I think like, I think you know, the I think I've just got bigger issues to worry about. I'm surprised, Miriam, that you've got so little thoughts in your mind that you would turn to someone else and be and call them out and do all of this. Yeah, I did. So you know, I would like to know if there's anyone else that feels the same way as I. Like, whose side are you taking? Are you taking uh, Anna's side on like, yeah, good on them. They're thinking outside the box. They had to get in there. Stuff waiting in the queue. Or are you taking my side, the principle of it? I like think. I think if I it. if I got outraged when people jumped the queue, having spent a long time jumping queues and trying to find quick ways to get an advantage or to have all of those nicer, better things and be comfortable, whatever you want to call it, then that would be the you know very big, very hypocritical of me. So yeah. I have to be very chilled about it. Because I know that I have many examples where I've tried to get an advantage. And also, remember, you're the hypothetical situation of, like, your cat and the missing all the buses. Like, there is a person at the back of the queue who is in a really bad day. Their cat's just been to the event. They miss all the buses. They've, they've still turned up and they've done the right thing, which is join the back of the queue. Anyway, so, interesting. That was not it, it, I thought you were going to say. Miriam, I'm so proud of you that you spoke up against those, that, <laughs> that, that bad, bad behaviour. And especially when you're on holiday, so you're you're in France. It's Bastille Day. You should be just caught up in the romance of Paris and just having just such a wonderful time that it just doesn't even cross your mind to look at what other people are doing. Personally, I was really proud of myself for speaking up. 
Nice. I actually was. What does Daniel like, do in this thing. moment? Yeah, Daniel was just like, he definitely wouldn't say anything. So, so okay, I think in a relationship, there's always two, like, two Definitely, two yeah. 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 The person that just lets things slide, that isn't willing to be cheeky yeah. and, like, ask for stuff. Yeah. And the person that is. So yes. I'm the person that is. And, yes. And, and I am and as well. That, yeah, you are. The person that isn't is always thrilled that he's married someone who is. It's definitely. Because that person gets them stuff. <laughs> like for instance, and that was gonna be like one of my one of my travel uh, comments or or rather just a, a side note, is that we benefited so much from just being a bit cheeky. Ethically cheeky, but I might add, not none of this cue jumping. But just like by just asking for like complimentary room upgrades mm. or asking if, oh, I mean, that was probably probably the main one, but just like asking for stuff where had you not, you wouldn't have got this free thing or this, this extra bonus, whatever it might be, whether it's a, a room upgrade or whether it's a room with a balcony or whether it's an early check-in or whether it's whatever. So um, when so I used I to fly, so I, I used yeah, to fly right. a lot for business and I had a lot of air points. So I'd get free upgrades, which would, which would result in me flying business class quite a lot. And so cool. it's, it's just amazing. It was amazing. Anyway, I would always take a gift, some chocolates or something from New Zealand for the cabin crew in business <sighs> class. And they loved it they fell over me just with the things that i would bring from new zealand to get because i was not paying for business class so for me to get some uh, presents for the cabin crew was n- nothing for me and everything for them o- honestly i then just had the best experience and you would say that you were going to have a good experience anyway but i don't know i think if you've actually got on side with someone who's who's serving you or working in that environment, you get things beyond belief. So one of the things I did, which my friends can't quite believe, is that sometimes we would have business class upgrades. So Michael would have business class upgrades and I would too. But Michael falls asleep and he's such an easy traveller that he said that he wasn't going to enjoy business class. So let's say we were going to London. He would gift his business class flights to me while he sat in premium, like noted economy. So I had all the legs because each flight is a leg to England. So you've got, you know, the yeah. flight to Hong Kong, next, next, next. So I think it's two, yeah. two legs, however many legs. And he would gift all the legs to me it, to London and back, which resulted in yeah, him being an economy. And which, but yeah. Can you just say that he also got it? So he also benefited. What do you mean? So. But isn't, you both got free seats. Yeah, but sometimes we wouldn't have enough to get all the way to London with all the legs and all the way back. But between us, if you combined it, him gifting them to me, I could get there all the way back. And I don't sleep on planes unless I'm actually in business because it's very easy to sleep in business. Anyway, because I was on side with the flight attendants, they would send back all of this food and drink to Michael because I tell the story about how lovely my husband is that he gifted his business class flights to me they would just think he's the best I'm obviously on side with him anyway chatting and they would just send so much stuff back to him to try and make him more comfortable like here's a pillow a blanket his champagne salmon like whatever we can do for you and yeah <laughs> 
That is so nice. Oh, that's so sweet. But yeah, I totally agree with you on the on the when you when you're a nice person to people who are working in a predominantly like customer facing, customer service type role, they will go over and above for you. You never like, forget even if it's it. Wait staff. No. no. Yeah. So even if it's wait staff, wait staff at a restaurant like. So I was a waitress. I was a waitress in a cafe for a long time through my teenage years. And this one woman um, would would come in and all she'd order was a a cup of tea. And every time she had a cup of tea, which was a lot, so she might come in morning and afternoon, she'd always leave 50p as a tip. And it was the cutest thing. And I always remember her just always paying for her cup of tea and then leaving this 50p tip, which if you're coming in once or twice a day, every single day for seven days, is quite a lot of tips you're giving the staff. And that was real cute. Yeah. That is so sweet, isn't it? It's just being a, being a nice person. Mm. Because if you think about it, they're so often dealing with people who are unpleasant and ungracious and impolite. So to, to actually be a breath of fresh air and you get so much, it's like you just get so much farther in life by being a nice person and it actually benefits everyone involved. Um, that's so interesting. So I find that, I find that, I find these moments really interesting because I know that people will be listening to this thinking, I've seen you Anna and you haven't been very nice. <laughs> <laughs> in, in in a work situation or something and I disagree I think that you can always be inherently like you are fundamentally kind you are a fundamentally kind nice person but you might have a moment when you're not really going to take a lot of shit or you want someone to have really high standards so they're not necessarily yeah. going to see the very best of you because you're just pissed off basically and you're always still respectful like yes. There's, there's a yeah. difference between yeah. being overly nice and you know, you could you, you always still be respectful. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Calling it how it is. Um, exactly. So uh, uh I I wonder if my travel hacks are not that interesting. Okay. Oh, I'll just, <laughs> wait, I'll just look at them really quickly. But name you your start start your best. Start your best travel hacks. And then you'll decide Well Okay, go on then. returns yes like yeah when you when you do after a certain point any more energy money time resources is kind of yeah it doesn't have much of a benefit so i i just think from an accommodation point of view when you go traveling accommodation actually has increasing returns so if you're willing to pay if you can within the within your travel budget if you're willing to pay just a bit like a little bit more you may end up getting something just so much better on a location, on a on a standard front, on a just an overall experience. And the thing about accommodation, this has been my experience anyway, is it greatly colours your experience of where you are in any particular location. Yeah. Now, even though you're probably still spending most of your time in the city, not at the accommodation. It still greatly colours it. So that was just a that was just a side note. You're nodding. Is that something that you? Yeah, of course. Related? I'll always want to stay in the nicest places that I can afford, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, on, I was laughing was though okay? because I've been watching your Instagram yeah. and the places you've been staying have been particularly nice. As in, 
as in a couple of tiers above what I would stay in, let's say. You've oh, gone right. you've yeah, gone well, fancy. Oh, uh, it's been it's been a mix. Like okay. the ones that probably the ones this is social media for you. Probably the ones that I posted are like the, the really nice ones. The the like most of them have been look, we've we've really prioritized location. That that was big for us. And obviously you you pay more yeah. by, by doing that, but that was really important for us. Um, okay, well, let me just go through these really quickly. Yeah. This, I mean, a lot of people are going overseas at the moment, so that's just what I say. So the, the next one is just a, a, a logistics thing. Um, an eSIM, instead of having to secure a SIM in the country that you're in, you can actually download a, an eSIM, which just latches onto your existing SIM and connects with the existing network. It's so easy. It's so quick. You can do it within 10 minutes on your phone. And you've got the plan you need, so that's what I'd suggest. Don't buy a physical SIM, buy an e-SIM, so you can look into that. Um, traveling with a WISE card, you know, they used to be called TransferWISE, they're now just called WISE. Again, you pre-order the physical card, it comes to your house, you load it up with New Zealand dollars, and it automatically converts those New Zealand dollars into whatever currency is required for wherever you are. Nice. So easy, you can, and you don't actually have to draw out cash, because everything is, is by card these days, so that was really good. Definitely buy a WISE card. Um, uh, fourthly, asking for help, and I think this is probably, you know, we talked about in a relationship, there are those two people, the person that just goes to the flow and the yes. person that is a bit cheeky. Yes. This is very typical of the, the cheeky person who's always, and it's probably, probably more likely to be the female in this case, asking for help. Uh, like, instead of taking, like, Daniel's more likely to spend 10 minutes trying to figure out where we need to be or what we need to do on his own phone and just for himself. I will do that in one minute by just going and asking an attendant and wherever we Totally. Like, I'm so happy to you, yeah. do that as well. Yeah, always. Yeah. And then you may end up even getting, like, extra insider oh, information. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, like, oh, actually, if you don't get that train, if you get this train, you'll actually get there in fewer stops. Whatever it might be. So, yeah, I just think always ask for help. Uh, it's 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 often saves time and you might get excited extra inside information and remember those people are there to help you like th this is their job and they actually enjoy doing it and then the last thing was e-scooters oh my goodness so daniel and i before even in new zealand like we, we're quite we quite like jumping on the online scooter from time to time but when you're in a city and you need to get somewhere and you need to cover a lot of distance and a big priority when you're doing a lot of travel is actually energy management it has saved us so much time and energy to and the two of us just jump on one e-scooter and cross the city in super good time and get to where we need to be and we're not exhausted by by the end of it. For example, uh, when we're in Rome, uh, actually when we're in Verona uh, in Italy, we uh, were getting tired. It was the end of the evening. It was our last night there. I was tired. Daniel was tired. There was parts of the city that we hadn't seen yet but we still needed to make the trek back to our accommodation, which was going to be another 15 or 20 minutes. That was when we were staying a bit more outside of the city. Uh, and I said, why don't we just jump on a lime scooter? So not only did that get us home and better time, but we were then able to scoot around, preserve mm. our energy, scoot around the city and actually see, sure, we didn't go inside of these places because we we're on the scooter, but actually see some of the sites that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. So highly rate building some confidence on an e-scooter Super easy. Use the app, unlock, unlock the scooter, and and you're off. Amazing. Uh, and it just Amazing. saves so much time, and you can actually see so much more. So those are, I thought those are pretty good. That's cool. Days. Did you get lost in Rome? Yeah. The challenge. 
Uh, so yeah, the challenge, it, it was kind of happened, like our itinerary was that where we didn't spend a whole day doing that, but our itinerary was that where we just had a general plan for the day, but if we got sidetracked, we would always we would always follow our nose and, and get sidetracked. So yeah, we ended up in, in streets and places that we wouldn't have been in otherwise. And nice. It, it was just, like, there was even this point where we were walking home after after dinner in Rome one night and we thought we'd go via the, the Trevi Fountain, sorry, not the Trevi Fountain, the Spanish Steps, which has got the, a fountain in front of it. And we ended up going this back way, walking this back way home because we, we would often go a different way home um, just to see more of, the, more of the city. And we ended up stumbling on what was like a massive party that was unreal. Like everyone was dressed up to the nines oh. and music was blasting. And it was just a visual, it was a visual feast just to have come across that we wouldn't have otherwise. It was, it was so cool. So yeah, I mean. Did you go into the party? No, you couldn't. There was no, there was no access. Oh, right. Yeah, so that wasn't actually, that, that story could have ended a lot better. We ended up doing this party. Yeah, no, it was, Only it was you would come up with a story where you just walked past a party and saw yeah. people, but you didn't actually get amongst it. No, there wasn't an option to get amongst <laughs> it. There's always yeah, a way. It's funny, I, I didn't really feel that social. Like, I was just enjoying, it was just us, and I was just enjoying that. It was like a, it was a really special time. It was a really so time. You, didn't, you didn't fall out? No moments where you got annoyed with each other? It's a long time to spend... Um, with your one, husband? One. What was it about? One. But, um, oh, it was just, it was just a, a, a miscommunication. Like, it, I, I won't go into detail, but it's just, it was fine. It was just a, it was just a miscommunication. Like, I got, we just got lost, basically. We just got separated. And it was, this was on the Bastille night. And it was just, you know, when you get lost, and, oh, and plus, because we both had data, we couldn't contact anyone because each other because the data networks were overloaded. Uh, so was, we're just and we're at the beginning of our night and we got uh, separated in, in this massive crowd and it was just it was just a miscommunication. Ha- that no, that's a good point. That's a good travel hack. That in, if you haven't been what? to enough festivals or parties, yeah. so as soon as we walk into somewhere wherever I was or whatever festival or party I was going to, we would always say that's the meeting point. This place so right now, if we are lost. Um, especially especially back in the day, you didn't have um, networks or phones, or especially if you travelled overseas. I mean, yeah. in Ibiza, that just wasn't there wasn't a phone. No one had a phone, so you'd say, "This is the point. If we get lost, this is where we will meet back." No, yeah, no matter right. how, yeah, and even in a market now. So even um, if I go to a market with Michael and it looks really busy, I'll say, "Oh, if we get lost, I like, will meet there." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's because we, I mean, we started doing that initially, because, but because it's been such a long trip, we just get a bit slack. Anyway, it's been amazing. I do feel, like, a little bit homesick. Like, oh, yeah. Because now I'm on my own now. Yeah. yeah. Funny, I didn't think I would. But anyway, so it's quite nice that, like, the prospect of coming home in a couple of weeks is not, like, ugh, humility. <laughs> what like, do you do to deal with being, feeling homesick? What are you doing to help with that? Oh, like, I say homesick. It's, it's just, it's just, it's not really I mean, it's so exciting being here that it's it's really offset by that. So I basically just, if I'm feeling that way, it's probably because I'm in my room having a rest. <laughs> but if I get outside and go and do something, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Let's do it. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested if anyone is, because um, I'm going to be here for another couple of weeks, 
if anyone has any suggestions for London or Edinburgh, which is where I'm heading next, I'm heading up to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Yeah, I'm all ears. Yeah. Um, Anna, we have like not much time left. Is there anything you want to add or anything you want to share? Well, I just want to know what was unexpected. So you had this big trip in mind. You've been on the trip for a while. Was there anything unexpected that you hadn't appreciated was going to happen? Oh, it's probably quite boring, but I've, I've learned so much on on history. Uh, it's just been, oh, I wasn't expecting to, I know, okay, sorry, <laughs> No, 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 no. This is keeping in theme of Miriam. It keeps in the theme of who you are. It paints, well, it just, paints like, the I picture. I can tell you about, like, the Roman Empire and the progression of architecture between, like, 2500 BC to now, like, I, I just feel like I know so much more than I did, which for me is like super cool. Like I have all this context now. You just I, you just reminded was. me, and I'm gonna see if I can find it. If yeah. I can't find it quickly, I'll I'll give up. But and I'll share the story. I'll, I'll share the story. Oh, yes, I I know it. I've got one. I've got to be one. Okay, go, <laughs> go on then. So, you share the story while I'm trying to find this thing. Yeah, no, it's not a story. It's just an unexpected thing. It's a controversial opinion. I think Italian food is overrated. <sighs> Ooh, yeah. this is controversial. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm just like, I, I it just the, the the lots of pasta is just not doing it for me. The pizzas. Yeah. Okay, I will give you the the, the pizzas, pizzas are, so are, are really good, but other than that, no, no, just like I had, I had, and we was we were eating at really nice restaurants. It wasn't really anything that I was like wow that has changed my life and I'm a foodie so yeah it's maybe it's because I don't eat seafood they're quite they love their seafood as well um okay so yeah I haven't and (laughs) I will just share what I remember of the story that I read and this is on the vein of history and if it's if there are bits that are wrong it is what it is Thomas Edison who we all know his he was sent home from school with a sealed letter and the letter... Thomas Edison, he invented the, the, the light, light bulb. sorry, the light bulb. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The light bulb, light bulb, yeah. light bulb, light bulb. Hey, what is a unit of power? What do you mean? A kilowatt? What? Yeah, what? What is a unit of power? What? Oh, dad joke. Because I'm surrounded by dad jokes of Michael who tells them all day every day. Oh, yeah. I'm not expecting them from anyone else. I'm always on. I'm always on. <laughs> okay, I've got one more. I've got one more. What fun does a monk have? What? None. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. go. Tell your story. Thomas Edison. Yeah. He was sent home from school with a sealed letter, and the letter said to be opened by your mother. His mother opened the letter and read it out loud, which said... Your son is a your son is a genius. The teachers at school aren't pushing him to fulfill his potential. We suggest you homeschool him. Mm-hmm. And so she turned to her, her son and said, I will be homeschooling you from now on. Mm-hmm. On he goes to invent all the wonderful things he did, change the world, and his mother died and she found all her belongings. And he wrote in a diary note that the belongings that he found happened to be the letter that was sent from his school. And the letter said, your son is mentally deficient. He is expelled. 
And he wrote in his diary at the time, my mother turned someone who was mentally deficient into a genius because she believed and didn't listen to what others said. Well, okay, I've got two comments on that. One, that's a very touching story and a lovely lesson. Two, it's probably not true. It's very, no, I'm serious. Like anything that sounds as nice as that, like of course it's Thomas. I know, that's why I was trying to look it up. You can find the exact same story. Totally agree, by the way. Okay, I do agree. And that's why I was trying to look it up, to fact check it before I shared it. Yeah, anyway, but I think you can still look at it for what it is and say, that's a nice story. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you hear the one about the the, 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 at the parent-teacher interviews, right? Like, there were two kids named Dave, and uh... one was a little tyrant, and one was a good boy, and he, the teacher got the parents got the, the parents of the Daves mixed up, and instead of telling the naughty Dave's parents how naughty he was, he told naughty Dave's parents what a wonderful child he was and how talented it was. And lo and behold, that Dave becomes a star pupil and he grows out of his bad behavior and he, because he was just believed in. And it sounds really lovely. Yeah. And, and, maybe there's a and I'm, I am I looking at, I am looking it up now and there's, there's, it's touch and go. But anyway, look, it's a lovely story. And actually on that point yeah. that I think now it's decided that if you tell a child that you are a genius or you are smart or look how wonderful and brilliant you are, then actually it causes more harm than good because, because good, because not everyone feels smart and brilliant. And sometimes you just are struggling. But so if you're struggling with something, let's say maths, and everyone's like, Oh, but you're smart and brilliant and look how wonderful you are. But, but when you don't get the A that you thought you were going to, you have a real hard time, whereas actually it's just about the effort that you put in as opposed to anything well, else. Well, yeah. I mean, statistically, half the population has an IQ below average as well. So not everyone is smart, and it's okay. They have different strengths. So. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. You, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So I'm going to go because the buffet breakfast is going to be closing in soon, and I'm okay. going to eat. Um, but this was fun. Yeah, I'll be interested to see. No, I'll be interested to see how. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how the audios worked out with this one as well. Oh uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this was fun, and so for anyone listening, thanks for dialing in. We hope you enjoyed the banter. <laughs> so funny that people just like to listen to other people's conversations, which is basically what a podcast is. Yeah. So, so funny. Um, okay, was there anything else to say? No, we should. We'll do this again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I might be home. Oh, we'll probably do it, end up doing it once more. Anyway, this is fun. Thanks for going into Big Mistake. Bit of a different format uh, for this for this week or for this episode. Uh, any, any, do you want to finish with a dad joke, Anna? I have, oh, I do not have dad jokes. Okay, I'll finish with one. Uh, what's the difference between a good joke and a bad joke timing? Oh. I missed it. That was the joke. Oh, anyway. Okay, <laughs> bye! <laughs>